Now, as we record this interview, Dave, we're actually doing this a little bit beforehand because both yeah. of us are on vacation today. Yeah, so we could say last week yeah. uh, we had Terry Looper on, but the truth is we had him on ten minutes ago. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, you're you're on a bit of a break. I'm going to be in school in Jacksonville. I'm looking forward to um, learning, but also just a little slowdown. Um, yeah, I, I can't. And wait. I'm in Yellowstone. Oh, good so. for you, man. Where are you going? Where are you going specifically? Anything you guys are checking out? Oh, I mean, all the basics, like Old Faithful, you got to go there. Um, and then uh, it's so interesting. You just YouTube videos on like people that have been hit by like bison or, or people doing dumb stuff in Yellowstone. Just just Google that and all yeah. kinds of gems will come up. And, you know, people walking up to like a grizzly bear, you know, and uh, <laughs> what could go wrong, right? Yeah. And, are you uh, yeah. Are you planning on going viral while you're there next week or what's going on? I don't know. We, we are going in a tent. So we're doing the tent out thing because this is was kind of an impromptu thing because both my wife and I work from home. So we can uh, it's kind of fun. We can do these things. But the problem is with Yellowstone, you need to book like a year in advance to get anything. And so yeah. we were like, well, we want to go for a couple of days. So why don't we just tent out? So. I don't know. We'll we'll see. As of yeah, this could, recording, I could we could be in grave danger. <laughs> I, I pray it goes well for you. And uh, if weather or other things don't go as planned as they often do, tent camping that it will be used for a sanctifying process in your in your marriage. You're gonna be is it nine years you're about to come up on? Yeah, yeah, nine years. Yep, yeah. June twenty second, uh, which is as we're recording this, I guess is uh, you know tomorrow. So. But yeah, don't as this releases, it's like six days ago. So it's a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit weird how that works. Yeah. Jess and I just <laughs> celebrated 15 years last Thursday. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, a lot of times this is for free, not what we we're going to talk about, but there's so many people out there that either talk about the struggles of marriage um, and there are hard times and uh, or about just how much you have to work at it and all these cautions. Um, yeah. But it, it was God's design and it's very good. And uh, as I reflect on 15 years with Jess, uh, which I'm sure she'll be listening at sometime, she's a big supporter. Um, it's just been so much joy and growing together and, and becoming uh, becommingg one uh, has been a, an awesome time. And uh, I highly What was the hardest thing it. for you to figure out in the early years of marriage? Wow. So when we had premarital counseling, uh, our, our uh, premarital counselor, we had to take like this survey and then she looked at it and she was doing it in real time. So she was just reacting and she said something like, Oh my, uh, because in so many ways, Jess and I are very different. And, uh, she said, if you will stick with it and walk through a lot of these things together, you will strengthen each other's weaknesses and, uh, you'll complement each other so well or not. And, uh, I like think what did you, what does she mean by that? Were you guys just two totally different personality types? Like, uh, yeah, what you, well, what mean? uh, personality. Uh, so she made, you know, if you ascribe to the, the love languages that we need these type of things and, uh, which one's most important, least important, of course you need all of them. Uh, but my highest one was Jess's lowest and vice versa. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. So like just realizing she doesn't need me to fix the car, which Lord willing, I'm going to do today, uh, which by the time you hear this, it'll be a week ago. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I, I just can't fix the car. I need to fix the car and say, honey, I'm doing this 
this is not a great time for me to do this. I'm flying out tomorrow. I've got a lot of stuff to do, but I'm taking this time to do this because I love you. And those words will be more meaningful than me just like fixing the car. I don't get that. I'd be like, if you fixed my car, I would totally get like, wow, I feel so, you know, it's like learning how to navigate those things and learning how to um, speak love, if you will, in, in a way that you're partner best understands I think that would that would have been a huge area of growth and also just probably managing conflict what happens when the tensions are high and you want to act in the flesh what are some ways that you can um, learn to disagree well Hmm. Um, and not only just for me and her but also we have three little ones in our house they're going to see us disagree to, to establish a pattern that maybe would be good for them in conflict resolution later. I, I think, I think those two en- things. Yeah, and like ending arguments as quick as you can, because yeah. sometimes you just need some time to cool off. I mean, you have yeah. a disagreement over something, and you realize, okay, we're just not going to fix it right now. Yeah. But not letting that extend. I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons in the early years, especially. I mean, even to, to some respect today, yeah. um, you know, I, I, but I think that was one of the conscious choices I, I, I tried to make was, okay, we're going to try to resolve this quicker. We're not going to let yep. this go on days or, you know, yep. we'll try, try to, you know, like that's don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Right. Um, yeah. but try to resolve things as quickly as possible. I yeah. That, I that was for, just a big thing for us. It, it depends on your family of origin and the way they tended to handle things. You tend to do the same thing. I think yeah. some of the things that Jess and I have learned from others, from counseling, um, is the importance of what we call, in fact, so we wrote uh, for our 15 last Thursday, we both wrote letters to each other uh, instead of cards. We, we did letters and both of us mentioned the importance of what we call, somebody told us along the way, I think, I, or might have been a book, you, you got to take out the trash. You've hmm. got to take it out. When the trash needs to be taken out, when there's a conflict that needs yep. to be resolved at the right time, it needs to happen. Now, if one of the other is out of their window, uh, which is like a counseling thing again. But if you are out of this window of tolerance where you're going to act in a manner that's unhelpful, yelling, interrupting, raising your voice, you always do this, you never do this, like being okay with either partner calling a timeout and also setting a, hey, can you just give me 10 minutes and then we can talk about this? Can you give me two hours? Can we talk about this in the morning? Um, Kind of setting a time so that this the spouse that maybe was hurt or really wants to resolve it knows, hey, I'm not being neglected. Because I think if, if you use the, the trash metaphor, we've all had those times where we forgot to take the trash out. At least I have. And so for two or three weeks, we've got trash piling up. And the way you deal with the trash at the bottom is you shove it down, throw more trash on top. Mm-hmm. And eventually that, that stuff underneath just turns into, sorry, this is kind of gross, but it just turns into sludge. Yeah. And underneath, underneath like your relationship, if you will, there's just this, this mess that starts oozing and smelling and it, it colors everything around it. You get and more descriptive. So, uh, yeah. So take out the trash, man. That's important. Well, in covering up with words like I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How are you doing? A uh, fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. If I hear that, I know it's not fine. Uh, I am. I said I am fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I, I think. And then just letting things, letting things sit, like like you said, and just not. You know, one of the thoughts that that came to my mind 
is the importance of, I mentioned this on our podcast with Terry Looper, um, growing together well. Yeah. I think of so many couples that their marriages have fallen apart. Yeah. And often it goes something like this, right? Well, the guy or the girl that they got going in business and things started going really well. And then um, it was as if they wake up to this discovery, this isn't the person that I married. And yeah. they have this image of where they want their spouse to go to, you know, the woman or the, or the guy, right? They have, have this idea. And then as things continue to grow and develop, it doesn't play out as they hoped. And one of the two partners gets kind of left behind and you have yeah. this gap that continues to grow and grow and grow. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me. Maybe this is the title of a book. Don't, you know, don't leave your partner behind. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, like, um, yeah, we could do a whole series like left behind. That's no partner left behind. No partner left behind. Uh, yeah. 14 volumes. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I think, I think that's so important that you don't, you don't rush so fast. And so for me, yeah. You know, simple things like if Janan and I are working on something together, that means slowing down and realizing, okay, I'm going to accomplish less to accomplish more. And yes. she has to do this with I me. Mean, I don't just do it with her. She has to do it with me because yeah. I'm kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the things that as I reflect in the last couple of years uh, in our marriage, uh, when I started school, uh, Jess came down with me the first uh, intensive I had to do in Jacksonville and came to chapel, and we had discussions, and even throughout the last year or two, I don't just go into my office and do my work, although I do most of my work in my office, but we have we have regular chats about what I'm learning, hmm. and and uh, she read together. One of the reasons that we read books together, um, uh, Gary Smalley's Cherish, for example, I'm in the middle of that right now. But yeah, why we, don't we, we're having them on in a few weeks, right? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. July 12th, I believe, but just yep. we're... We're, we do things like that together. Uh, the Sacred Pace, Terry Looper, we had on last week, which was actually just 10 minutes ago. Um, we're going through that together because we don't, like you said, don't want to create this situation where I'm living my life, she's living her life, and uh, just staying together, being intentional. We take a walk about every night, just do a few laps. Our kids are old enough now to play in the yard where we just mm -hmm. walk around our little block and just just chat about what's going on and and. and and just being intentional about about staying together in that way. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like we got that all out of our system, so that's uh, <laughs> that's good. Um, let's talk about rest, because um, this is something that we were thinking about even regard to Terry's book, Sacred Pace, uh, just the importance of taking time to rest. And July, yeah. actually, our church, E3 Church uh, in CUNA, Idaho, uh, are they're taking a month really just to focus on rest and why that's so important. And, um, let me just throw it to you, I guess. Why are things like the Sabbath so important to you? What's that look like for you? Uh, yeah, great question. So a few years ago, I found myself, I work full time in Christian education and then I'm also on the pastoring side. And so it felt like there was never a time to stop. And I was seeing that affect my family life, uh, life with Jess, uh, even my work life. I was treating people 
and this general feeling of like, I can't stop, I can't stop, I can't stop. And being very convicted that, you know, even in creation we see rest and that the Sabbath was given to us as a gift. And I think one of the things I loved um, about what Terry was saying is like both work and rest are a gift. And it seems like most of us either land in one ditch or in another where we want to either be a workaholic and go, 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 maybe for reasons that we say are great, but as he pointed out, people-pleasing and, and selfish, serving another God like money, um, or, you know, we're so into rest that maybe we don't, we don't work and see work as a gift like we ought to. Hmm. And just really being intentional about powering down. And we could talk more later about that practically it looks like for me since I'm working on Sunday, if you want to, in ministry. Um, but just realizing that I am not that big of a deal. God doesn't need me. And I am finite and I need to rest. And when I rest, he doesn't need to rest, and he's got this. Uh, it's really an act of faith, in in my opinion, just to believe that everything's going to be okay while I take my hands off the plow, so to speak. If you think of that illustration, I think going back to the Israelites, right, where they wouldn't glean around the edges of the field, I often think of that illustration, right? Yeah. And uh, why? Well, you know, two-part, take care of the widows and orphans and all that, but I think also teaching them that, hey, you can— you don't have to maximize everything. Um, practically speaking, so since I work from home, I'll get different things that, you know, I, I can work on projects all weekend if I want to. Right? And just yesterday, uh, different projects that are coming up in the week, right? And that I'm kind of thinking about. And I guess here's the thing, the pitfall that you fall into is you think, well, if I just go ahead and get this out of the way, then that'll put my mind at ease and then I'll be fine. I, I think that's a dangerous place to go because there there are some things, like when you wake up in the morning, uh, maybe it's getting a cup of coffee, maybe there's certain things you wanna put into place before maybe getting into your daily rhythms. Those things just help you function. Um, yeah. But then I, I think if you always have to accomplish something before you can sit and be silent, I think there's a problem there. And, and so for me, just practically yesterday, that meant, okay, not doing any work in the afternoon not going to this stuff and just saying, okay, that, that stuff will be there tomorrow. And, and here it is. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but recognizing that this time right now, this is a time to rest, time to be with family time to, you know, and so we spent several hours out with others yesterday afternoon and it was a very recharging time. Yeah. And I feel so much better as a result of it. I'm not a great sleeper. And I came home, of course, yesterday, uh, I'm in a little bit of a transition, so it was the last Sunday that we were at our church as pastor. Oh, I came home pretty exhausted, fell asleep, which is very difficult for me, woke up, fell asleep again, and just being okay with that and saying, God, this is what you want from me. I don't, I don't need to... There's The thing is, here's what I've come to realize by experience. There's always something to do. So I have, oh, I've got to get this done, then I can rest. I think God might be trying to teach us, it definitely has been me over the last couple of years, the discipline of resting. Yeah. Like the, it's, a fa it's a faith building discipline. Like, no, if I take my hands off, for example, my schoolwork, one of the things that's a barrier in my life that's a, 
like a concrete barrier, metaphorically speaking, is I'm not going to do schoolwork after 12 o'clock noon on Saturday or after 12 o'clock noon on Sunday. And that way, it's like a 24-hour period, two afternoons. I, I can't really take off Saturday morning um, in, in, in prepping for, for Sunday. And I obviously am working Sunday morning uh, as in, in pastoring ministry role. And so those times are guarded against schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And it's still there. It's like you said, it's still there on Monday. But I've actually found, as I get away from it for those times, that I'm more refreshed and I actually end up being more efficient, which shouldn't be the motive for do- like, oh, if you just take a rest, you'll be more efficient. But like, it turns yeah. out when I follow God's principles, that yeah. are like the things I feel like he's been teaching me, that it, it actually helps me flourish and it's better for my family. And I can be present in those moments on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, whereas before I was always rushing to do something. I, I think a big part, unfortunately, is just the pressure that we have of society of always. So if you're in an office, right, and you're with a bunch of people, and let's say you hit, um, let's say you hit twelve thirty, and you're just done, like your brain is fried, right? And yeah. but you're there. You're not going to go and just sleep for half an hour because everyone's around you. And so that next five hours, you're going to kind of get through it and then just kind of crawl home. And I think one of the things that I I've learned, um, being able to work from home, things like that. Yeah. Um, like, so in those moments, sometimes I'll, I'll write for a morning and then my brain is just, and I'm, I'm tired. Maybe I got up earlier, whatever, didn't get enough sleep. I'll just go lay down for half an hour. And it's like, I got two days. I think Carrie Newhoff talks about that. It's like you get two days then and you're so much more refreshed, much more alive. And, um, and I think part of it is just giving ourselves some freedom to do that. And, um, without always having to, um, be that person. Like, like I went through this phase where I thought back to like the life of John Wesley. Right. And so I think for a year or two, I forget how long it was, but uh, I was getting up at like four thirty, for you know, and, uh, spend this, you know, and I just realized the, in this rhythm of life, that just doesn't work for me. I was talking to a buddy buddy of mine the other day. He does that every single day. I can't do that. I I just can't do that because, um, with kids, especially in the evenings, all that kind of stuff, um, mornings, my alertness with writing, my peak hours for writing, all that kind of stuff. It just, it just was not a fit. And so, but there was kind of some pride I had to give up with that because I liked that idea of, well, I'm joining the 5 a.m. club, right? There's a whole yeah. podcast on that, the 5 a.m. club. But um, no, nah, I mean, I've actually bumped that back more. And I, what about you? Like, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I think one of those things I enjoy. So, like, when we go on vacation, I enjoy. I'm not a sleeping in person, but I don't. I wouldn't consider myself an early riser. I know some. I think the the medical folks call them the sleepless elite that seems that they can function on five, six hours of sleep every night and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you go, really, you go through, uh, it's like Barack Obama, Elon Musk, I was through a list, Donald Trump, uh, there's a whole list of them, they operate in like five to six hours. Yeah, um, and that's that's not me. Yeah. Um, if I do that for too long, my immune system can't keep up and despite all the vitamins and exercise, I get sick. Yeah. And so just realizing that, like I'm not made to do that and then also on the flip side, saying, okay, so I need to rest, but how do I rest well? Because I think there's a difference between relaxing mm-hmm. or like self-medicating through 
eating or watching TV or watching sports or playing around on social media for hours and hours or, you know, binge watching shows where you're not like doing what you normally do. But maybe we've all been there where you've, you know, spent an afternoon watching hockey playoffs and maybe you don't feel maybe, 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 but I just, I'm not sure I feel refreshed after seven, eight hours of sitting there. I might feel relaxed, but just learning, okay, what does it mean to rest well? What does it mean to take a Sabbath? How do I balance recreation, which is a gift from God? You know, I don't know that they ever wrote books about what John Wesley did for fun, but I'm sure he did something. I mean, the dude had to do something for fun. I don't know. Some one of you nerds out there, please tell us what. What I don't know if he was into backgammon or whatever, but I, I like. It's not often celebrated, but I think recreation is a good thing. Um, but it also can become an idol, mm-hmm. where you're just if I can just get to the lake next Sunday, then everything's going to be okay. If I can just do this, then it'll be okay. Like no rest is found in relationship with God through his son by the spirit. You well, know, in making, I think that's a big thing where you put those rhythms of rest, like a Sabbath, but then also translating that rest throughout the week. So you mentioned like recreation, right? Um, well, yeah. So I, a lot of people, right. You, you're living for the weekend and, yeah. but, but I think even just simple things. So what was it Friday? It was about two o'clock in the afternoon. So when everyone's kind of finishing things up, well, I finished some stuff up early. I'm an overachiever, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, you are. okay, so I can keep going. I can keep going and get more stuff done, or I can take Zoe, get on our cool e-bikes, and uh, go on a ride to the coffee shop and get a smoothie, right? Yeah. So we did that. It took about, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours. And um, that was very relaxing, very refreshing. And no yeah. one else is out on the bike trails. You know, it's just us, and it's kind of a fun thing, right? And... Yeah. But that, you know, we could have just said, okay, let's wait till Saturday and kind of pile everything in as society tends to do. But I, I think finding rhythms and ways to do that throughout the week, yeah, I think are, are more healthy and, and sustainable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, let's just talk about exercise. Like we need to exercise. If you lived in a farm, you got exercise every day. Like part of your work was exercise. I think that's a, a big guy, shift that we've seen, isn't it? Like the last yeah. hundred years. That's, and so we don't like talk a about white, that much. A white collar person, or maybe somebody. I spend a lot of time sitting and working. Yep. Now, I mean, I'm too ADD to sit too much, but still, like, we need exercise. That's healthy for us. Now, exercise can become an idol, just like anything can. But building that routine, and one of the things I love around here, we. We do like a 6 a.m. basketball thing a couple times a week. And so I wake up early to play basketball because I feel like it's important. It's another rhythm thing like you're talking about where we don't get to Saturday. Like, okay, I've got to squeeze all this stuff. Like the idea that rest is producing anxiety is like such a a human funny problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. There's this terrible TV show called Jersey Shore. You're going to get nervous even as I mentioned this because I've never watched an episode and it's it's not a good show. I haven't I, either. I, I don't okay, recommend it. Okay, it's not. Oh, like, okay. okay, so I, I, full disclosure. But there is this podcast I love to listen to called American Greed. They have this guy on. He's called Mike. Um, Mike, the, uh, what's his name? 
uh, my, I can't remember his last name. Anyways, he called himself the situation, right? Because he's, he was so, so buff that he would create all these situations, right? For, uh, you know, cause he was out on the beach one day and this girlfriend with her boyfriend walked up and, you know, she started hitting on him. So, you know, he's, he's a situation. He, he's a problem. Right. And so I told Janan, now, now that I started this new workout program, um, I want her to call me the situation. And so I get done working awesome. out and she's like, Ezra, we have a situation here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what though, personally, so that there, there's a yeah. pro marriage tip for all you, all you guys. The situation. Think, the situation. That's hilarious. <laughs> I've never um, heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go oh, watch that man. show. Um, yeah. Oh. Cause he got in jail cause he like didn't pay taxes. Minor, minor details. My, the, yeah. the, and he, the situation <laughs> created a situation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I, I have this, this uh, workout program that I've started. Okay. Shout out to my good buddy. No, actually I'd never met him. Uh, Jeff Cavalier, mm. athlete X. You've probably seen all the videos that show up in your timeline. Mm. And so, but personally, I'll just go out and, um, kind of being facetious, but I'll, I'll go out in my garage, have it set up there and I'll work out for 45 minutes. And I think before I wouldn't have done that as much. I, I like, I've always exercised and worked out, but yeah. it was hard for me to always make it a priority if life got really busy. Um, because I think as you get older, it, it becomes harder and harder, right? <laughs> it, when I got close to it's 30, true. I was like, man, these pounds don't fall off as easily as they, they yeah. did. Right. And, and so, but I've found, like even this last weekend, went through a little phase. We were eating a little bit more junk food. Family was in town and yeah. I just felt it like, man, I feel nasty. And so yeah. I went to the store, we bought a bunch of carrots and stuff like that and yeah. worked out. And then there was another situation. So <laughs> as the situation buyer, that's going to get some mileage. I hate to tell you, but yeah, uh, yeah. maybe off air mostly, but yeah, the situation, all the memes, I, there you go. Yeah. but seriously, I mean, Part of that rhythm, I mean, so if you think, so this is an error that I had and, and still like you can't take a rest time when you, when you haven't lived with God and, and doing the things practically, you know, to do throughout the whole week and then come crash landing into us. Okay. Now it's my Sabbath and yeah. expect things to go well. I yeah. think, uh, what is it? And, and also expecting to find rest apart from Christ. I think one of the points that Hebrews makes, right, is Christ is our Sabbath rest, that you're not, what is it, Augustine, our hearts will be restless till they rest in you. Hmm. The, the idea that you can find, you know, if I just have a better exercise program and I eat more carrots and I do this, then I do this, then it will be fine. I think we are supposed to, with joy, draw water out of the wells of salvation as well. And, and, and that connection with Christ also influences a lot of other things. So I don't exercise. Um, I, I feel like it's just part of the things he would have me do to be a flourishing person. And I know that yeah. that's what God wants for us. I think one of the things that Terry said that I just found so compelling, he's like, you know, what do you say to someone who has burnout? What do you say to someone who's overworked? He's like, do you have any idea how much God loves you? Do you have hmm. any idea how much he, he wants his, your absolute best is his heart. And so those things, uh, in some small way, when I'm running or something like that, I really do sense like, hey, son, this is what I want for you because it's going to help you flourish. Like, I want you to be healthy. I, I want you to, 
um, experience the joy of communion with me. And we can also talk a lot about, you know, what do you do while you're running is, I mean, do you waste that time? No, like there's other things I can talk to the Lord. I can listen to some uplifting days, yes. music. Yeah. You know, like there's just different. Yeah. <laughs> but there are things <laughs> even within those routines where I'm experiencing connection with him. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. No, I, and I, I look at it as just getting back on the horse and, you know, you go into different ruts, right? You have a tough weekend and there's a book out there. I've never read it, but I like the concept, you know, do the next right thing, right? Yeah. Do the next right thing. So that might be a small thing, might be a tiny thing. You ever heard of this concept? It might be a totally pagan concept, so I have no idea, but uh, um, I was doing some work with a client and he had talked about this um, oh, Kaizen. That's like a Japanese thing, right? So never basically heard. do the next small thing. And so he, so this guy is kind of funny. Um, he, he's, is about 40 years of age and by his own admission was not an athlete at all. Right. And so he went to watched his buddy run this Ironman. And so he said, man, and he watched as everyone, you know, all the other Ironmen came out close to midnight as things were finishing up and they cheered on the last people that were crossing the line. And he said, I want to be an Ironman. Now the problem was he didn't even know how to swim and uh, <laughs> just minor, minor details. And so, you know, an Ironman, as I understand it, you're running a full marathon, what, 26.2 miles, yep. uh, 112, I don't, know, I don't know, over 100 miles biking yep. and 2.6 maybe mile swim. Yeah. Long swim. That's intense. And yeah. so he said, I just decided I'm, I'm going to do the next thing. So literally he made up this list, <laughs> go to sh store, <laughs> buy shoes, <laughs> find a pool, right? And yeah. he started doing all these things, and I think it was two or three years later, he completed his first Ironman, right? And and I just thought that's that's a great thing because when I when I feel myself starting to kind of fall off, and maybe the relationship with God gets distant, just do the next right thing, yeah. make a good decision right now. And sometimes, like late at night, I'll just feel nasty, and so I'll say, okay, I'm I don't I'm not going to do a full workout here, but I'm going to go out to the garage. And do 15 minutes yeah. that loosens things up. I go to sleep. I feel better. And that one right decision leads into another one. Yeah. And so we're, we have a physical body. So yeah. we're, you know, I think there are so many symbiotic things between our relationship with Christ and our physical bodies. And so I think what we do with our bodies, how we spend our time mm -hmm. is a very important part of who we are. Yeah. And uh, learning, you know, if, if you're, I think a lot of times folks portray themselves, uh, you see people as better than they are on social media. You know, hey, here's my workout, check it out. But the truth is, um, you probably have someone in your life. And they're not creating situations. You can take one look and it's just <laughs> not a situation. <laughs> I'm not creating situations. But seriously, <laughs> there are people that we can learn from one another. Hey, talk to me about how you rest. Hey, talk to me about how you do this. And I... I see folks with these very intentional small habits yep. that really make a big deal because it's so, everything is so connected. And so, you know, if you're abusing your body through poor eating habits, mm -hmm, or if you're mm -hmm. not exercising, or if you have poor sleeping habits, or, or you're not take, doing something as simple as like getting proper vitamins in your yeah. diet, yeah. that has a profound effect on your spiritual life. So I think learning to manage some of those things um, in Christ is, is an important part of who we are, uh, as believers. 
And by the way, if you those of you listening, if you have any vitamin or supplement com- companies, especially essential oils, <laughs> Dave at the MondayChristian.com, please send them. Send them. He wants all your suggestions. So yes, he is a, a man in need. So please, please help. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not creating any situations apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think of daily things. So talked about. Okay, so exercise. Th- that's a big one. I think um, along with that, I'll just hit on this one. Several years ago, I was listening to a pastor, and he was talking about. Uh, he was in his mid 30s, I think, and his um, uh, counselor looked at him and said, "Hey." do you have any hobbies, things that you do for fun? He was like, well, I guess I don't. And I think sometimes that happens because we have these different things in college or high school that are fun. Maybe you played football, right? But then you hurt your knees and you can't play it anymore. And that was your life. And you're like, oh, well, okay, there goes that, right? And I think there's, it's obviously, it's great to have things that you do with your kids. But I do, and he, what this pastor was encouraged to do was to keep up one hobby. So in his case, he did sailboating. Um, for me, one habit that I've kept up is hockey. And yeah. it's honestly, sometimes it's kind of inconvenient. Yeah. Um, but I've developed some great relationships from that. Just two weeks ago, I was at my buddy's birthday party and with his little girl. And um, I just, I enjoy, you know, one of the guys at church, actually, um, the guy I play hockey with. It's, it's, it's fun, some of those relationships that you develop. And long-term, that's actually been very a very healthy thing for me, even though, honestly, again, sometimes it's kind of inconvenient to go out sometimes and play a game. It sounds fun, but sometimes I just want to work and, yeah. um, and not do that, but it's something I've brought in intentionally. So what about you? Do you, do you have anything that, that you do like that, like a hobby-wise that, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so like, like I would... Keep, like have two categories, like physical things and non-physical things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do enjoy reading mostly nonfiction, um, a lot of military history. So I like sometimes when I need a, a brain break, those those things are life giving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy running, do some some light vest CrossFit type things, uh, which I enjoy. And you know I play basketball a couple times a week, racquetball once a week, and I just every Coffee other day. Shops. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I enjoy just uh, like pushing my body, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I find that that exercise helps me. As you get older, you will figure this out. But uh, being older has affected my sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm exercising well, uh, I sleep a lot better. And uh, yeah, so just just knowing that, understanding, you know, if it's Monday and I'm feeling really stressed about something. Oh, I wasn't able to to play. It's been four days since I really pushed myself and exercised. Yeah, that's why I'm feeling so tense right now. Right, I need to go running after work today. Right, you know, because I mean, it's just there's so much connection between between what I'm feeling and like what I do with my body, and and realizing that that is a even though it's like body and you know the the, the those things are connected. My, my spirit, my body, like there's, there's connection there. And so managing those things, well, it becomes very important. I, I weep for pastors or friends that, and, and you don't have to go play hockey, you know, like mm-hmm. if that's not your thing, if you don't want to be, everyone know, needs pe- to go play hockey. Yeah. That's what I'm, I what think I'm that you. too. Yeah. We finally got to the truth here, but seriously, you know, if you're someone that maybe doesn't have any physical, just like walking around the block a few times, take up painting. Can be, yeah. is life giving. Yeah. 
you know, and uh, God wants you to flourish. And, you know, I, I look at some people in my age bracket or even a little older, my cousin Ron, he's ripped and he can just crank out pull-ups like it's his job and do all this crazy stuff. Um, I can't push myself like he does. Mm -hmm. uh, just like genetics or maybe just my lack of discipline. Um, but just realizing like I don't have to compare myself to him uh, or some elite CrossFitter that I see on YouTube. I can just take care of, of my body in the best way that I feel like God wants me to. You yeah, know, I think yeah. that comparison game keeps a lot of people from doing anything. Yes. Like if I can't if I can't run thirty miles in a sitting, then I'm not going to even go walk around the block. And I think that's. I, I love this stuff. Yeah, John Acuff. I saw a tweet from him a while back, and he said it, they were driving down the road, and one of their kids made a crack about. I think it was an overweight jogger or something like this. And his wife said, "You know, son, whatever it was, um, we don't make fun of people who try." And and I think. Honestly, one of the, I almost tweeted this the other day, one of the most encouraging things to me is when I'm driving out and I see someone, like like there's this guy who lives right around the corner from us. And every Sunday morning on my drive to, to church, if I'm going there a little bit earlier, I'll always see him, him running. Not in the best shape, but I mean, he's given everything he's got. And that always inspires me whenever I see him because I'm like, yeah. man, that, that is so cool, right? Yeah. Because running is probably not the thing that he just loves to do. But he's, yeah. he's committed to it, and it's refreshing his body in the process. And so I, I just think, um, yeah, stuff like that, like, yeah, just like you said, you don't, even if you're you're not totally there, just, yeah. again, make that one right decision. And Yeah, uh, and even just figuring out, like, uh, you know, I've talked about this a lot with, with Jess. Hey, we're trying to be healthy. Like, yeah. The, the goal is not just like, hey, I'm trying to be at a number on the scale, mm -hmm. uh, which those goals aren't bad or anything. I'm not hating on any of that. But, you know, for me, as I've aged, right, I'm 37 right, now. Right. I cannot run. Uh, I did almost four miles the other day with my buddy, Mike DiStefano. Mike, thanks for slowing down and letting me, uh, being kind to me. Uh, but I, my times are not like they are when, when I was 25. They're just not. Yeah. And timing myself was being a joy sucker because yeah. I couldn't enjoy the time if I wasn't faster or maintaining yep. the exact thing, same thing as I was before. So I just stopped timing myself, which was like so hard for me. Uh, I'm fairly competitive, but just realizing, hey, I'm doing this to be healthy. Uh, I'm doing this to flourish. I'm doing this, honestly, I have some great times with God when I'm out running. Yeah. Um, those are the reasons I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to like, make this another anxiety inducing crushing part of my day. I just, I don't think that's what God wants for me. Running exercise hobbies, I mean, a big one, a joy sucker can be social media. It'll also be a life life giver. It just depends yeah. on how, how you use it. Um, so simple thing back uh, months ago when we had, Oh, who was that on? Uh, um, Craig Dennison. And yeah. I said, man, I think this is going to be a, a change. Right. Um, yeah. And that was, so I took social media off my phone. Haven't used it since and use this app called the freedom app and uh I'll, I'll i'll get on social media on my like on my desktop computer like uh, a few times a day post something look at stuff um but that was that just that little conversation we had with him just tweaked a little thing and i was like you know what i, I need to get back in a more healthy rhythm and now it's life-giving yeah. again and so sometimes it's just a simple adjustment like that I think that can take something that might be a little bit, it's, it's like TV, right? You, you, you sit down, like you yeah. mentioned, watching a hockey game. 
Well, yeah. okay. If I watch, for me, I like unless it's the playoffs. It's it's a little bit harder now because <laughs> Montreal, right? It's you want to watch start to finish. Um, yeah. But if if it's just just a regular like December, I want to catch like the last ten minutes of a game. That's kind of that's yeah. fun. If I'm catching like hours, that yep. becomes not fun <laughs> because yeah, it yeah, it's it doesn't produce anything. I think one of the yeah. things uh, I I actually sent it to my wife. Uh, last week, uh, somebody on Twitter said this, uh, attended, he, he said, I had Pat, uh, coffee with a pastor or a counselor who attends my church today. And he said, part of the conversation was observing about doom scrolling, doom hmm. scrolling. Isn't that like a great, I thought that was such a great nomenclature. Like that's what it is. It's doom scrolling. The reason it causes so much anxiety, it introduces us to problems beyond the scope of our agency when hmm. our awareness yeah outpaces our agency huh. we are left with anxiety huh. um and i that just hit me and i just realized like hey uh, like this can be this is highly addictive and i yep. don't have to do it and it's not producing good fruit spiritual or otherwise mm -hmm. in my life so i don't have to do it well and i i think along with that just tackling problems that are giving you anxiety just confront them when you can confront stuff as terry mentioned with facts yeah. then there becomes clarity. And so a practical example, Saturday, I had a client message me about, about a challenge. And so I was like, okay, well, I could sit on that over the weekend, but I just said, all right, let's give a call. And that five minute conversation cleared things up. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is what we need to do to change things or go in this direction. And that short conversation, you know, and I could have just sat on that, yeah. but by making that decision, then it brings freedom and, and clarity. And, and I think sometimes that happens in life that we'll just stress about really dumb things. You know, yeah. that boss says, hey, I wanna meet you tomorrow morning, right? Yeah. And okay, well, what is this going to be about? And I guess this probably gets at another thing is, is having options. The, the older I get in life, I wanna have different options in life so that I'm not held captive by different people or situations. <laughs> situations yeah. there it is again um <laughs> you know i'm not where if someone says okay you're fired right you're you're let go that okay god has got this right yeah god god's in control i, I can trust him and then i have other options there's other jobs that the, out there might be harder but there there are other options available and i think releasing our that that does a lot for me personally when i'm faced with something so like a, a practical another practical illustration is i'll have different clients right that i'm because uh, i have to do, do a proposal for a writing project and i'll send off a proposal well they might reject or not reject it and i've just kind of got to the place where if a client kind of comes back and they're like and they're very uh well i'm not sure about this i'm not i'll just say you know what i'm probably not the best fit and and yeah. move on and because i don't want things in my life that create a lot of frustration and intention and things like that i just don't and um and so little decisions like that personally I, i've found really helpful yeah as far as just connecting some of this as you were talking i was thinking about the body of christ mm -hmm. when there's disagreement or conflict there how often does our adrenaline push us to like a a fearful response like a fight or flight rather than leaning in and doing the tough tough work of relationships. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially among us who are supposed to be known for our love for one another, um, 
just leaning into relationships. And I, I think what you said, being able to talk through something, uh, even if taking care of something to relate it to our, our marriage talk, taking out the trash. I mean, there's sometimes, you know, we've had, we've had minor talks about podcast stuff like, Hey, we need to kind of clean this up or we need to be, we'd be doing this and that those things are so important. And I think when you don't do those things, it can produce, uh, maybe bad fruit in the form of gossip. like, so no, we're not going to talk to each other. We're going to talk to somebody else or just, you know, I'm going to get alone with God and try to fix this myself. Um, I think, I think there's just a lot of, I think your, your word there about just like, let's face this head on, uh, in the strength and power and control of the Holy spirit, I, I think could save us a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Crucial conversations. Love that book. Yeah, so uh, one of my favorites. I mean, just just have those honest conversations. And um, so rest, a big one. Um, and just hit on that real quickly. Um, do what you can to really prioritize sleep. And so I think that is often just overlooked. Where people again, if you talk to counselors, a lot of times people will come in and it's sometimes three or four basic things and often sleep is at the top of them. And so finding ways like, like in my life, Janan and I have made that a study, like, cause I struggle to sleep sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that can help sleep, whether it's yes. reduced screen time, things like this, that, um, you know, will actually help contribute to that. So I think like prioritizing that exercise, having good hobbies, rhythms, conversations, uh, um, things like that. Um, and then I guess like a last one I would just quickly add in is meaningful connections with others throughout the day, you know, doing meaningful work and where you're, uh, if if it's all just about me, I, I just, it's really tough and I I just feel it. Like if I haven't exercised for a few days, it's the same feeling if I haven't really connected well with someone. And so there's so many different ways to remedy that just a basic one that I, I, personally like is to connect with neighbors, uh, particularly if they don't go to your church, find a way to connect with people in your community. Um, you know, I just, I made this a habit with our kids. We're going to be friends with our neighbors. We're going to get to know them. And, um, that's so life-giving. That's so life-giving. I I just, cause when I drive in my street, I'm like, oh yeah, there's them and there's this person. And it just makes the whole experience so much better, those, those meaningful connections. Anything yeah, you want to add? I would add to that maybe um, just this, the power of an encouraging word. I got a, a voicemail the other day yeah. from uh, Larry Smith, who is one of my heroes. I haven't, mm-hmm. at some point I'm going to post it on the blog. I wrote a little blurb about what I appreciated about him. And he calls me out of the blue, left me a message on my office voicemail, just telling me how much he loved me, appreciated me, what I was doing. And like, it was so life-giving. So just thinking, um, you know, who's on my prayer list right now Yep. that I can just text him and say, hey man, I'm praying for you today. Stay strong in this or whatever. But just a quick life-giving words, like you're saying that my time, it's really not my own. If I am, if I am surrendered to God, uh, my time is really his time. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times I, uh, was it? Blake Jones that said something like, uh, pastor, I really respect. He said, my one, two, threes aren't always God's one, two, threes. And sometimes I feel like God will 
lay something on my heart that's just so bizarre. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to do all this stuff today. I got to get all these big things done. He's like, no, I just want you to call so-and-so. Hmm. And just being in tune with those kind of moments, um, it, it, there is something life-giving about not just living life for yourself, but in uh, service to God and other. I think you're, you're dead on, man. Connecting with other folks, for sure. Yep. All right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, pray for us right now. We're in Yellowstone. Uh, I am currently in the midst of a battle with a bear. Hopefully so not a big situation. No, hopefully, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, just give us feedback on these podcasts. Um, one of the things yeah. that we've intentionally done, we can add guest after guest after guest, but sometimes we want to just pull back, have these conversations just between me and Dave, just to kind of give you um, some of our thoughts and perspective on things. And so um, that's kind of why we do do these conversations and have these conversations that we have just because uh, we want to model that taking a step yeah. back and having good conversations. So yeah. we'll talk to you all again next week.